Lasers, Dragons, and Keyboards does not necessarily endorse any authors, opinions, or small animals expressed on the show. The show may not be suitable for adults, children, childish adults, or people with sensitivities to light, sound, or strong or weak opinions. Consult your doctor if you get a rash. Cookies will be provided if needed, but we will not waive the fee. I will try and interrupt you to make it difficult to edit, because I find that amusing. Now, you see how I timed that? Just as she was taking a drink. You know, I do have controls, and I can put you on mute. Can we find our way out of this uh, maze of rabbit trails? Embrace the rabbit trail. <laughs> so, I'm sorry that my uh, interview has put your butt to sleep. <laughs> You're listening to the Lasers, Dragons, and Keyboards podcast, featuring interviews with your favorite speculative fiction authors. We'll be discussing their books, their fandoms, and their writing processes. So sit back and enjoy another exciting episode with your hosts, Aaron, Josh, and Liberty. Welcome back to Lasers, Dragons, and Keyboards. I'm co-host Josh Hart. In this episode, we are back with co-host and producer Liberty Spidell and guest host Lindsay Franklin. We continue discussing who really is Liberty Prime, uh, the perfect gluten-free snacks to chomp on while writing, and how jazz and singing while writing actually makes things easier. We also dive into dreams of writing for uh, big name shows and how novel uh, no- writing novels can lead to that. A special note, this is our 50th recorded episode of the show, and so that's a very exciting milestone. Thanks again. Welcome back to Lasers, Dragons, and Keyboards. We are here with Liberty Spidell. Liberty Prime. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was my clicker sound. Is it good? Okay. <laughs> and we'll be speaking about some of her writing practices. Welcome back. Thank you, guys. Time you <laughs> I'll settle for cheese and if cheese are too expensive. <laughs> the Save a Lot brand are right out. <laughs> <laughs> the Walmart brand, on the other hand, are tolerable. As with my Your question, Aaron. <laughs> so, Liberty, Cheez-Its or Oreos? What comes in gluten-free? Uh, actually, well, you can get a something kind of Cheez-It like in gluten-free at Walmart. Or, oh, like, um... I forget what they're called. I actually Annie? will... If I have my druthers, usually cheese crackers. So, but it's hard to find gluten-free versions. So tonight, tonight I have gluten-free pretzels. So there you go. And right, a real question. Do you like nut thins? <laughs> I wait. I just asked her about nut thins. I need her to answer that really fast. What <laughs> nut thins? I haven't tried. Them. I haven't tried them. Uh, Becky Miner recommended them, and I just haven't picked any up yet. Okay, you have to try those. If they're you like good. cheesy crackers and stuff, they have all different kinds of flavors, and they're gluten-free, so 
there's like ranch and pepper jack and fun stuff. So yeah, try those. They're I'll good. send you the ones that we get from my youngest. I'll send you a picture of the box of the ones we get from my youngest. They're made with rice flour. They're really good. Mm-hmm. Kind of cheesy. They're kind of like a mm-hmm. baked version of a cheese or something. Hard to describe, but they're good. I like. I think good. I actually picked some up at High V a while back. They were like Snyder's of Hanover or something. Yeah, this is a different brand. I don't know. Okay, sorry, I made us talk about crackers again. <laughs> I did a thing. Okay. You did do a thing. Yeah. All right. Anyway, are you a plotter or a painter? Um, I lean more towards the plotting part than the pantsing part. Um, but I used to be a full-on pantser. Um, I tend to. Side. Yes, I have. Pam Wyland. Um really kind of influenced me in this arena uh, within the last uh, five, six years. Um, Especially when I actually wrote um, the original version of Omission uh, during Nano, I figured out I probably needed to outline stuff so I could move more quickly. Um, So I've been kind of working on my own outlining process. What usually happens for me is when I'm finishing up... uh, probably my second or maybe even third draft of whatever book I'm working on right now, um, I will start outlining the book that comes after, whether it's in the same series or not. And when I'm done, I'm uh, with the first book, I'm usually ready to jump into the next book. Um, I usually will start writing when I have about a 30% of the outline done. And I will keep outlining a few chapters ahead of where I'm writing up until about three quarters of the way through. Usually by that point, I know where I'm headed and uh, we'll just kind of pants it from the rest of the way. Um, It kind of depends on the book. Some will be a little bit different, but that tends to work for me. I usually have a pretty good idea and um, usually I've figured out if there's been any twists that have popped up. So it it allows me to adjust on the fly for stuff like that. That works. So. Mm -hmm. It works for me. I've never really met anybody who does it quite like I do. But I, I've literally on what forty, fifty some episodes are we now? Uh, yeah, I think I think I, I just uh, posted forty four today. And I believe that everybody that we've interviewed so far has had a slightly different process. So I don't think you'll find. So basically, yeah. if you're a new writer and your process yeah. doesn't look like anybody else's, that's not necessarily a bad thing. You're exactly. probably exactly. doing it right. Probably. Mm-hmm. Probably. You Either might be doing probably it probably right but... or very, very, very wrong. One of the two. Right. <laughs> but, you know, if you're very, very, very what wrong I found... in, in your processes, you might uh, become a bestseller. That's right. You're either, like, never going to make it or you're a genius. So keep going and find out. Exactly. Sorry, that was so hard. I, I, was I found that... I love you, new writers. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just... <laughs> I my process has kind of evolved over the years. Um, I mean, I started writing when I was about fourteen or fifteen, and you know, pants for a long, long time. And you mean you matured since fourteen? Really? Yeah, wow. really. It happens. Yeah, that can happen sometimes. Aaron hasn't. Yeah, and <laughs> and um, <laughs> for me. I, 
for me, I outline not so much to know what the story is going to hold, but so I can write faster when it is time to write. Um, my time is limited. I can take my outline notes wherever I want to go. Um, can't always take my laptop, even though I'm pretty liberal with where I take it to. Um, I, I will take it just about anywhere, except maybe well, on a hike in the middle. Of question. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I'll take my outline notes wherever and. Okay. Yeah, I'd actually because I started thinking about working on my next book. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, what writing and organizational software uh, do you use? Scrivener. Um, I got a new laptop last year, and when I did that, I said I was going to get Scrivener, and I did. Before that, I was using YWriter um, with Word as a backup. Um, I used Scrivener to keep track of stuff. Um, I, as I was working on the pre-writing for the next book, um, I figured out, oh, I need to go do some research down at the Kansas City Public Library. My goodness, Aaron. Sorry. Um, Old crappy chair. I know. Anyway, so um, I figured out as I was working on the pre-writing for my next book, um, that I needed to go down to the public library and uh, do some research on uh, the old uh, uh, streetcar tunnels that used to run in Kansas City in the 19, early 1900s. And um, cool. so I took all the pictures of the maps from that era so I could cross-reference with today's maps so I could kind of have an idea on where stuff was and just as soon as I got home, shot it all into Scrivener, and I've got it right there where I can reference it. And um, I really love how I can just keep all of that together in one place, and it mm -hmm. just it handles everything. Well, have you got a really. Scrivener for iOS yet? I am really, really wanting to. Oh, I haven't you, done it yet. You totally But I'm really so wanting awesome. to. Really? It is. I if I get inspired at work or something, if I can mm -hmm. pull out the phone, type something on the tiny blue screen. Mm -hmm. It's just there on the iPad or the computer or anywhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm wanting to get it. I just haven't bit the bullet quite yet. <laughs> I am in the process of buying a house. Even twenty bucks on an app seems a little frivolous right now. <laughs> I know how that goes. Yeah. I hear you on that. Yep, I think we all get that. <laughs> so you talked about how your writing process is really kind of evolved um, in part because your writing time is limited and um, you need to move through your drafts quickly, um, be able to maximize your your uh, writing time. So how long does it generally take you to knock out a first draft? That's actually a tough question for me to answer because um, start to finish, omission, the revis revised draft probably took me three years to get through. Um, yeah. Okay, I'm going to knock that down here. Two years. But I stopped in the middle of it and said, I'm going to write these prequels. So I wrote, I stopped it when I had about 40,000 words written. And um, proceeded to write roughly 150,000 words on four other stories. Um, so probably if I took out that time, probably only took me four or five months, I'd imagine. So, okay. And I did the same thing on the book that I'm going to jump into here before omissions 
launch, um, I've already started working on its sequel. I had to put it aside earlier this year so I could work on edits on omission. So, you know, I'm 65,000 words into that. I'm revisiting it right now to get refreshed on what's going on so I can finish the outline and all of that. And so <clears throat> somebody is breathing really heavily into their mic. It's not me. I'm way over here. Could be me. Okay. Am I like a total cave troll right now? I just kept hearing. I don't know. It was just weird. Okay, wait. Do you hear it now? <laughs> no, we're good at you. Hold your breath for the rest of the show. Well, talking. <laughs> there. Liberty. I am also Liberty. Hold your breath and jump into the pool of liberty. <laughs> the pool of liberty. <laughs> Best episode ever. <laughs> We're all going to get visits from men in little white coats after this episode. I, I, th I thought Tosca's uh, food episode was fun, but we couldn't release that one. Yeah. That was, oh, no. that was my favorite one yet. You couldn't release it? She asked no, us to pull no, it out. Uh, Tosca was really sick and really hopped up on medicine um, <laughs> when we did that one. And it ended up being like an hour and 45 minutes. Uh, and she rambled a lot about food. <laughs> and then she and came we back did like our a, best to stop her, of course. <laughs> yes, of course. Awesome. Well, she came back a couple weeks later. Can we please re-record? <laughs> We're like, but that was awesome. It was hilarious. Fantastic. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I'm not now, Aaron. Hey, what? Oh, is it my turn? Yes. I lost track again. Oh, random selection process. What's your favorite book? Um, don't shoot me since this is a spec fic show. Um, Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen. Hmm. Okay. I love it. I know ha half of our um, readers are going to applaud me for this, and the other half are going to send me death threats, but I agree with Mark Twain when it comes to Jane Austen. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I just saw Somebody that meme come across Facebook. <laughs> um... If I have to choose a more modern book, um, I haven't had a chance to reread it to see if it still holds up, but The Martian by Andy Weir, um, that when I read it, uh, movie is probably my favorite movie from 2015. I still have um, not seen that, sadly. Excellent. I, I want to. It sounds really um, good. But... haven't read the book. Mm -hmm. Just don't read or don't watch um, the unrated uh, director's cut. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it's one of those. I, I, uh, I, I watched it by myself and I had to look up a word in the dictionary and I had to go to Urban Dictionary to find it. And I don't do that. ended up, I was like, oh my goodness. And <laughs> I actually, wow. um, my husband works in, a, he's a, in the shop, he's a mechanic. And um, he knows a lot of interesting. He was not familiar with this one. Okay. Oh boy. So um, 
yeah, that was um interesting. <clears throat> Urban Dictionary is a scary, dark abyss. Very, very <laughs> sure. Yes. It can that be. It's not a website to browse, okay? <laughs> yeah, no, definitely don't go there to browse. Sometimes you just, you know, I because to, I write for the. I need to step away for like 10 minutes, so I'll be back. Yeah, okay. Urban Dictionary is almost worse than Fortune. So, if you've never been um, to Fortune, yeah. keep it that way, by the way. <laughs> because of what I write, um, sometimes I find myself over there just to look something up to get some slang right, because it's hard to find good slang references. Um, so you will find Urban Dictionary in my uh, search history rather frequently. Mine too, and I'm <clears throat> often looking up um, the street definition and sometimes looking up like um even the most benign words that you could possibly think of phrases you know that we use as substitutes for swear words that nobody would think twice about if you're publishing in the christian sector like many of my editing clients are some of those phrases that we think of have really been as really benign have these roots that um, are not okay in, uh-huh. in Christian publishing. And so I'm often searching stuff where I'm just like, okay, kids, uh, stay off of mom's Google history, please, because, <laughs> wow, you know, but yeah. So I relate. I understand. I'm on Urban Dictionary too. Not browsing. I've learned my lesson. No browsing, but yes. <laughs> Yeah, I usually go there with a specific intent, you know, to figure out some slang term. And um, I think actually one of them came up in omission. I don't know if it ended up getting cut or not, but I I always laugh when I have to put something like that in there. So are you an author who likes to listen to music while you write? And what are some of the things on your playlist, if so? I love to listen to music when I'm writing Um, because I have kids that are of a certain age and get loud. I find it helps me block them out a lot. Not that you really should be doing that when you have kids, but it happens. Um, I'm fairly eclectic with my musical taste and it doesn't really matter to me what I'm listening to. Just something that has a lot of energy to it because I need something that's not going to put me to sleep. when I'm writing, I want to be awake and focused and stuff. So I will have, I have a playlist that I really like. I've got about five and a half hours of music on it. I literally have everything from Rachmaninoff to, um, I don't know if you know who Gaelic Storm is. Uh Um, I have ACD. I have ACDC. I have, um, I'm trying to think who else I've got on there. Uh, I think I've got some ZZ Top on there. I really like ZZ Top. Um, I think I threw some Aerosmith on there recently. And uh, uh, Skillet. Oh, and Fireflight. Um, um, so I kind of run the gamut. I can go from, you know, classical that's upbeat, yeah, up-tempo, to... Um, some jazz that's got a fairly heavy beat to it. Um, classic rock. Some country. I even have Alabama on there. Um, and um, 
you know, modern hard rock Christian rock. I've even got, I think I even have a little bit of Toby Mac on there. So, um, I'm in the mood for. So sometimes I'll pop on Accu Radio and pull up something that sounds fun and, you know, it might be Celtic one day and it might be, you know, 70s and 80s classic rock the next. No, do songs it, with it lyrics kind of... bother you while you're writing? Yeah. Uh, I actually will sing along to songs occasionally while I'm writing and writing different stuff. Because I, I, they tend to distract me when I'm writing. Uh, you know, you know, occasionally. I'll get singing, yeah, occasionally. singing along and then the cat will howl at me and you know, the dog will <laughs> howl along. And, and like, what was that? The song? Yeah, okay. I, I have to stop and not sing along with it, but um, for probably 85% of the time, it's fine. So every once in a while, I hit a point where I just cannot listen to anything, but it's fairly rare. So, especially if I'm writing first thing in the morning, I need something that's going to help me wake up, and usually that's some pretty peppy music. <laughs> All right, and how do you deal with writer's block, or do you even get it? Um. Well, I tend to growl a lot, <laughs> and if if I'm in a position where I can go take a walk, I'll usually go do that. I'll take, get my dog, I'll pop on a writing-related podcast, and just go take a walk. Um, if I'm not in a position where I can do that, because I do have little kids and they are slow and I don't really like that, I need to be able to focus, I'll go clean something. Um, usually when I have writer's block, my house gets clean because I... I do that. And I'm usually, I try not to think about the problem so much. Um, it might take me an hour or two to figure it out, or it might take, you know, a couple of days to figure it out. I just try not. It's there. It's working in the background. I just try not to put a lot of primary effort into it. Um, with um, editing on omission, I was just wrapping that up over the weekend. And... Um, when I had questions, a lot of the time I would go and run it by K.M. Wyland, who's been doing the beta reading for me. And um, if I have questions about a, a certain scene scenario, I might run it by somebody I trust too. So if I'm really, really stuck, so, so I, I don't usually get writer's block too much, but when I do, I I do one of those three things. So, are you a self editor? And where do you go to do your editing? Well, um, I do. I'm not as good at it. I'm not as good at it as I would like to be. Aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> um, I've started to figure out that there's some things about how my brain works that make it hard for me to pick up on certain things, um, especially having. Um, subtext in my writing. So I have to have a second set of eyes to come behind me and say, um, you need to make this less obvious and stuff. I'm trying to work on that. Um, so I do some, do some self-editing, but I know I cannot do anything unless I have somebody look at my work for me in, with that um, mindset. Um, I've been very fortunate that K.M. Wyland has been a friend of mine for almost a decade now. and when I started writing the Darby Shaw series and I knew I was going to be head agreed to beta read for me. And, um, mm -hmm. I could not be more grateful for her input because it is, she is 
I, I gave Darby life, but she's really helped shape Darby and Mark into who they are. And I think it really shows through. So after I do all of that, I, it goes to Grace, my editor. And um, uh, then we hit it back and forth a little bit. And then that goes to proofreading and then publishing. <laughs> if you don't know who those people are, scroll back through the LDK archives. We've talked to both of them. <laughs> yeah. I think Heather was on and she's done some work for me and Katie was uh, episodes five and six and then Grace, I'm, I don't remember when she, when she was. So. Shameless plug for Lindsay's editing services too. Let's <laughs> <laughs> put that right here. I, well, I, I sent you guys the book yesterday and uh, I don't expect any editing, but if you see anything, let me know. I'm back. <laughs> if you see the airs. <laughs> For another few minutes. So. Long line at the toll booth, huh? Uh, nope, nothing at the toll booth. Um, but I did get to help a really pretty lady with some stuff, so. <laughs> the one you're married to? Yes. I'm assuming. <laughs> yes. Just for further but clarification there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. It's your question, by the way. I'm going to ask the one that uh, I'm looking for. I've been looking forward to asking in this section. Um, how has writing the Darby Shaw Chronicles changed you? Oh, wow. Um, Little known fact, Darby actually reanimated Lindsay. <laughs> we are all uh, we're all liberty. No, we're all liberty. Yay! <laughs> I don't know who. Uh... Um. Wow, I that one caught me off guard. Um, it's a deep question. Mm-hmm. It really is. Huh. Like, I, was prepared, I was prepared for a wacky show, not all these deep questions. <laughs> We have to have a little bit of profundity. Mm-hmm. Absurdity and profundity. Exactly. In perfect um, Wow. Uh, me personally or me as a writer? Both. However you want to answer it. Both. Either, either or and. <laughs> I mean, besides the fact that it's obviously spawned clones. <laughs> <laughs> um writer I think well I think it maybe I'd be two dimensional on this one I, I think as a writer it's made me see a lot of my weaknesses in my writing um it's given me a great deal of pleasure to see others um respond as they have to the stories and the characters but I have learn more about my own weaknesses, both as a writer and really as a person. Um, and I'm not going to get into some of those now, but it's helped me realize a lot about who I am. Um, and even though, you know, I'm in my mid thirties now and I should have a pretty firm grasp on that. It's helped me clarify it a lot more. And I think being able to grasp that and be able to explain it better, even though maybe Darby doesn't have the same struggles that I do, it 
it's a way that I can cope with it. And okay. so I think in a way that's made me stronger and that I can realize what my weaknesses are and to be able to work on them. Okay. And, and I mean, Darby is a person who she's got this really amazing power, but she still has weaknesses just like the rest of us. So that's a great answer to the deep question. <laughs> It took me a bit to well. think about it. <laughs> I'm sorry, Liberty. The answer we were looking for is Pool of Liberties. <laughs> I thought. And or 42. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great minds either so think alike. Yes, have hit the same level of. Absurdity. (laughs) (laughs) So what is one piece of writing advice that you would want to share with aspiring authors? Um, Gosh, there's so much good advice. And we've had a lot of great advice from a lot of the authors we've had on the show. It's hard to pick. Just steal one of their answers. (laughs) Recycle. It's good for the environment. Yeah. Um, (laughs) That's awesome. I think I would say don't be afraid to take chances. Um, Everything that I've written in the last 10 years, I've taken a chance on. And some of them are diametrically opposed in what, what their feel is and stuff. And, you know, Darby's this one character but I've also written some really dark stuff and it's because I've taken chances with my writing and Mm -hmm. I think it's important for all writers to do that you know if you're squeamish about doing one thing do it anyway even if it makes you uncomfortable um because you can learn so much about not only your characters and how you write, but about yourself in the process. And I think that's really important to be a successful writer is to understand that. Um, so take chances and okay. don't be afraid to try something, even if you're afraid you might fail. Because it doesn't you might work, end up... you can always edit it out. Exactly. It's good advice. And you don't have to, you don't have to publish. And, yeah. You don't have to publish everything you write. So, I mean, thank goodness. Woo! Can you imagine? Yeah. I know, right? Oh. I mean, yeah. So, I think that kind of covers it. All right. I get to ask ask everybody's favorite question. Or maybe there's supposed to be a least in there somewhere. What do your marketing practices look like? Um, well, I'm kind of erratic on that right now. I haven't quite figured out the right plan for me. And I've been trying a little bit of everything, trying to see what works. Um, I've had some luck with Facebook ads. I haven't done very many, but I do plan on trying them again with omissions release. Um, but I've also been trying to put together a release plan and figure um, out guests, posts, and stuff. Um, I have a 
decent Facebook following. It's not huge, but I I post there usually at least one, a few times a day, sometimes a little less. But I've also been trying out um, the Facebook Live videos. Those are a lot of fun, but I'm not sure if I, they're really helping or not. Um, but then I am partially for our own show, but um, also for publicizing omission and stuff. I've been trying to um, get onto more podcasts and I've found that that is a really fun format. And um, maybe it's just my comfort level because we have the show um, now, but I've found that that is just something I really enjoy. And it, it's not as intimidating as doing something in person, like yeah. a book signing. Okay. So especially when you're an introvert. <laughs> Amen. So. Yeah, that's a, there's a that's yeah. a little known fact for our listeners. We actually started this podcast just to ask that question and then steal the answers <laughs> for ourselves. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I so far on it's marketing not working well, except for Ben Wolf's advice. Uh oh, be careful with that. What are you even talking about right now, Aaron? I'm not at liberty to say, <laughs> but you are liberty. <laughs> That's the um, <laughs> My marketing here, practices make it look like, um, you know, I've thrown whatever at the wall and see if it sticks. Yes. <laughs> spaghetti. It's the spaghetti method. Yes. Yeah. Um, Ben's marketing practices, well, if you hear screams from the basement. Um, <laughs> I believe you. I forgot you about that. To the, if you haven't listened to the Ben Wolf episode, you need to pause this right now. And go back and listen to part two of the Ben Wolf episode just to hear his answer to that question. It's <laughs> true. <laughs> well, considering uh, that is one of our uh, most popular episodes, <laughs> I'm sure a lot of our listeners have gone and done that. And see, I should totally maybe make a note here that Ben is one of my very good friends. So as I'm, you know, completely you know, ragging on him right now, I'm I'm totally joking. I should make that note for people who don't know that, <laughs> who don't yeah. know that we're, we're good friends in real life. <laughs> you were at his wedding. I was. I was Carissa's maid of honor. That was a thing that happened. It was lovely. On a volcano in Hawaii. Can you tell that we're expecting? Those were some awesome pictures, by the way. Beautiful pictures. I almost died. I uh, Born and raised... No, it was cold. Uh, it was so cold. We were at 10,000 feet, and, you know, all the ladies were like, <laughs> in our... The cold lines, yeah. <laughs> yes, it was very cold. It was like, I don't know, it was less than 50 degrees, so don't make that much fun of me. And we're there in our heels and our dresses and our pantyhose and all this stuff. I was dying. And everybody who's from the Midwest was still cold, but me and Avalie Jerome, who's from Phoenix, we were just, uh, it was bad. <laughs> we were ice cubes. <laughs> it's so gorgeous. So worth it, right? But yeah, very oh, yeah. cold. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know where to go from there. So... <laughs> Call me the conversation Winter killer. Winter is coming. <laughs> Winter is coming. <laughs> Which no, means no. 65 and a little bit of sprinkling for me. So oh, if only. Brace yourselves. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Well, Winter spring here. And fall here. Depending <laughs> on the year means 40 below or blizzards all winter 
or like 30 degrees and sunny. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, because you live on Hoth. That's the thing. <laughs> when you live on Hoth, that's what you get. Okay. So um, Star Wars weather forecast page. <laughs> December so, to uh, March, it's you live on Hoth. <laughs> um, Liberty Prime. Um, <laughs> what is uh, something that you'd like to accomplish next um, when it comes to your professional life? One of these days, right for TV. Ooh. That could be um, fun. Yeah, I. I think it would both be terrifying and it would be extremely challenging for me as a novelist. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Since I'm used to writing in this long format, um, I think it would be just a huge, huge challenge. But it would also be such a huge accomplishment. I mean, I would love to write for you know, a show like NCIS or uh, Doctor Who or something like that. I just think that would be amazing. If I could even do it and work alongside Stephen Moffat, I would be totally thrilled. He's amazing. Mm -hmm. I would like to write for Star Trek The Next Generation, but yep. sadly. <laughs> well, maybe after they finish with a, whatever reboot they're doing with the Star Trek now, maybe they will reboot The Next Generation. <laughs> oh, let's hope not. And you could, <laughs> you could be on there to make sure they stay on the right path. <laughs> I think that ship has sailed, but that's another <laughs> That spaceship <laughs> has sailed. That spaceship has gone into warp, and then into you know, a trains warp and warp tunnel, and it's gone. <laughs> oh my goodness. So I literally crossed over warp. into an alternate timeline. <laughs> Those exist in my uh, in the novel I'm writing. Alternate timelines. Yes, that's blah. Aaron says <laughs> it just leads to such a mess. That was his professional comment what, on that. What's, <laughs> what's the Janeway quote about timelines? Time it gives her a headache. Yes, you know the the Star Trek um, Department of Temporal Investigations novels are really good because they're the one uh, that department are the ones that like go after Picard after you know there was the time loop and that sort of thing and try and figure uh, things out. 143 separate violations. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it is shit. <laughs> There's okay. A couple of quotes for the trials and trouble. <laughs> um, so, Liberty, is it my turn? Now, see, Josh is fiddling with the questions as we speak. So I'm like, are there new really? questions that are popping up? We have one question left, no, and I was no, going to uh, ask it. <laughs> I accidentally deleted uh, <laughs> a question we had. So. He's confusing me. Okay. Liberty, is there anywhere that our listeners can go to learn more about you and your work? Aside well, from uh, Liberty, what was that? Aside from this show, <laughs> yeah. Um, Liberty Spinell is um, my website, and uh, you can get there through links from uh, 
the web uh, the show the show's website. My last name is kind of funny, S P E I D E L. But I hang out a lot on Facebook, so if you want to catch up with me there, uh, facebook.com slash Liberty Spidel. Um, and uh, you can come hang out on my Facebook page. So, And as always, we'll have those links in the bottom of the show notes in case you're too lazy to type them out like I am. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you all so much for being a guest on my show. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We're <laughs> okay. glad to be here too. I appreciate you all stopping by. I hope to have you again sometime. Well, thank uh, thank you, Liberty Prime, for <laughs> for uh, joining us on your show. But who is Liberty Prime? <laughs> Stick around to find out. <laughs> <laughs> The world may never know. <laughs> See, this is why you don't mess with the time stream. <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> it was a blast. This was definitely one of the most unusual ones we've had. <laughs> This has been another episode of Lasers, Dragons, and Keyboards. Have a question or comment? Email us at lasersdragonskeyboards at gmail.com or send us a tweet at ldkpodcast. Our music is Flight of the Beast, Loop 1 by Jonathan Gear. Lasers, Dragons, and Keyboards is copyrighted under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. This means if you're not for profit and you want to quote us, please be sure that you cite us. If you are for profit, please get our permission first. You can find us at lasersdragonsandkeyboards.wordpress.com for detailed show notes, as well as on facebook.com. Thanks for listening, and we hope to see you next time. Have fun storming the castle!